Hello and welcome to Relationship Rescue, the podcast. Every relationship begins with you. Okay, we're going to go back to the drama triangle today and I'm going to try to, you know, finish this up a little bit with how this, you know, how do we exit the drama triangle? How do we get out of this game, the dreaded game where, you know, remember you've got three roles, two players. So you've got the victim, the rescuer, and the persecutor. And we've gone through all three of these roles. And, you know, um, what, what you, what, the, see, these, these dramas, they just lead you to despair, okay? And, of course, there's times, at times, you know, what keeps you there is that, there, you know, there's times of relative stability. So when it seems like everything's under control, your anxiety's under control. But... When you live in, in this drama triangle, when you are in a relationship or a marriage that is a drama triangle, you're always alert for anything or anyone that can, you know, um, threaten the fr fragile stability of the relationship and of you. So everyone is on the defensive. The victim defends, you know, her or himself against the persecutor. The rescuer defends the victim from, pers you know, from um, th them persecuting them. And then the she becomes the victim or he becomes the victim. The persecutor defends himself against the rescuer. And it's exhausting, right? So you're basically reacting to fear of victimhood, loss of control, loss of purpose. So what are you doing? You're always looking outside of yourself to people, to circumstances of life. For what? For a sense of safety, for a sense of security and sanity. So if you consider your past, I want you to think about your past right now. How many people in your life are filled, it's, it's you know, past and present, are filled with victims, persecutors, and rescuers? And if, you're, if that is your pattern in relationships, because remember, it's not just romantic, romantic relationships. It is also friendships, work relationships, um, you know, with your, you, um, you, obviously, your siblings, your children, any type of a relation you have, ship you have. And if your life is filled with a lot of these relationships, then you can really assume that your future is going to be much the same. Nothing is going to change until you pull yourself out of the game and hail yourself. That's the bottom line. You will be stuck right where you are. And it sucks. I get it. I get it. But I have to tell you that when you know this, if you've listened to the other uh, three or four podcasts before this on this topic, and actually I have some God, go back into my library and you're going to find ones on the dreaded game. Um, then you are no longer can say you are a participant then. When you know these things, when you know better, you have to do better. Um, and when you accept, you know, this, the drama triangle repeating itself over and over. Well, guess what? Most likely, again, this is the relationships that you grew up in. And, and, and when you were a child, obviously you were unaware of them. You were unaware of them maybe until you started listening to me. It could be. But they start in childhood. Ask yourself, 
Who was codependent? In your t was your mother codependent? Was your father codependent? Was one of them a narcissist? Were they enmeshed? Were you enmeshed with your parents? One of them? Were you emotionally abandoned? Were you physically abused? Were you sexually abused? Were you verbally abused? Which means you're mentally abused. It means you're emotionally abused. What was it? Were you bullied at school? See, because somewhere along the line, if you're in this triangle, it didn't just happen. Because a secure, attached person will not live within this triangle. They will leave the relationship. As an adult, you do not turn into a codependent out of the blue. You do not. I'm going to say it again. You do not just all of a sudden become codependent, anxious, preoccupied, dismissive, avoidant. No, it starts in childhood. I know this with 100% certainty. And I can also say this, you can actually be a dismissive avoidant and become an anxious, preoccupied, or a fearful avoidant if you happen to get with a narcissist. And the longer you stay in this game, the more chance you have of flipping into you know, what another, um, you can add another attachment style, uh, insecure attachment style on top of the one you already have. It's quite scary, actually. This game is that toxic. I can't, I, you know, it's, it's a mutation. It's a toxic mutation of the human relationship. And it, it pains me that it's p played out so often. And I see it over and over, you know. And so, um, it basically thrives in victim orientation, you know, it's all about the victimhood and the rescuer at some point feels like a victim too and felt like a victim. They just might've gone into the relationship. Most likely you usually have the rescuer. You usually play one role, you know, um, you know, and everything I've been talking about is just one part of it, right? So the end result of your, um, of, of all of it is, you know, it's about your personal orientation. What's an orientation? An orientation is a point of reference, a mental standpoint that determines your direction. It's, it's like your, your inner compass, you know, your mental standpoint. It has, a, you know, which is a lot to do with the direction you take in life. So your, in, your orientation determines a lot of what you experience. You know, um, if you were to look at the dictionary, it's going to say that an orientation is a general or lasting direction of thought, inclination, or interest. Okay, so orientation, point of reference, direction. Well... What does that have to do with being a victim, you might ask? Well, guess what? What you focus on, your orientation, determines how you act. It affects just about like everything that shows up in your life. So you being in the dreaded triangle, the dreaded game, the drama triangle, is a direct result of you having a victim orientation to the world. Ah, what? Yes. Yes. Yep. I know. I'm so sorry. So let's say that um, you're, I want you to think of it like this. So whatever you're focusing on will engage your emotional inner state. And remember now, you know, I'm, well, I haven't taught you this right now, but, and that emotional state drives your behavior. Okay. So 
the limiting beliefs that you have that you garnered during childhood. So the, you know, the universal is one is I'm not good enough. So think I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart, fast enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not whatever enough, right? So you have all these beliefs that you collected during childhood and you had proof all around you that these things were true. So you adopted the belief, you took it in. Now that belief has been following you your whole life. So when you get into a situation and um, and and it, it there's a trigger or something's going on and the belief is activated. What happens is then the ego comes in and gives you some automatic negative thoughts, right? And then when that automatic negative thought, whatever it is based on the belief, I'm not good enough. And if you're in a relationship, something happens. If you're anxious, preoccupied, and you're with a dismissive avoidant and they're not telling you, you know, um, I love you or this is a relationship, now your um, ego is going, yeah, yeah. Yep, see, because you're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not fast enough. You're not, he's going to leave you. She's going to leave you. Absolutely, for sure. Now what happens? You have an emotion, a reaction, emotional reaction to the thought. The thought came from the limiting belief. And now that, that, that emotion is fear, anxiety, sadness, anger. And then what do you do? You react, you behave. So you're, basically your orientation sets in motion your experience, how you behave in life. And the drama triangle is the result of a certain orientation, the victim orientation. So what are you doing in the victim orientation? I want you to please listen, please pay attention, get a pen, get a pen. What are you doing? When you are in victim orientation, the focus is on a problem in your life. Okay? So let's say that um, you're a victim and your main focus is on the rescuer, the persecutor. So when the persecutor looks down on you and they see you as a problem, and even the rescuer focuses on the victim as what? A problem. So So what happens? So when the problem shows up, you feel anxiety. So when this person is in your life and you're constantly focusing on the problem, the person, the inner state is victim orientation, which is nothing but anxiety, fear, sadness. And it literally goes from mild discomfort because you're never really that comfortable. It's mild discomfort to annoyance to sheer terror. Anxiety, you got to understand, guys, whether mild or intense gives you energy for action and sparks your behavior. And that freaking action is not great action. And guess what um, the reaction is when you're in anxiety and you're in the drama triangle? You ready? You know this. Fight, flee, or freeze. Yeah. And so you're always in these relationships fighting, flighting, or freezing. You're spending so much time for solutions to problems, but the problems are often the center of your lives. Isn't that just so sad? So each of the three roles, whoever you are at that moment, sees the other ones as problems that need to be solved. And so there's just anxiety going around between everybody. And then that leads to all the reactions, which creates drama. 
and this cycle will go on forever and ever and ever. So you have to recognize two important things about the victim orientation to get the frick out of this shit, okay? Please, the first one is a delusion that lies at the center of this orientation. The second is a false hope that can never be filled as long as the cycle continues, Okay, so when you react to something, what do you tell yourself you're reacting to? The problem or the anxiety? Well, guess what you're probably going to tell me and you're probably thinking right now, well, I'm reacting to the problem. I mean, if the problem didn't exist, Heather, I wouldn't be reacting that way, right? Okay, well, let's consider these three things. Focus, interstate, and behavior. Which one gets your reaction going? Your inner state. Your inner state causes your reaction. Remember what I said? The belief is triggered. The ego is protecting you, it thinks, based on those beliefs about who you think you are. The automatic negative thought comes. You are now feeling emotionally unsettled. That's your inner state. So the anxiety you feel comes from your way of focusing on the problem. So you're not reacting to the problem. You're reacting to your anxiety. Yep. That's what actually drives your behavior. You may feel anxious because the, you know what? The problem exists, but... The anxiety itself is not the problem. You're anxious because of the state you're in. So that's the delusion of the victim orientation. You believe you're reacting to a problem when you're really act reacting to your own anxiety. Okay? So you got to stop focusing um, on what you think is the problem. Now, you're going to ask me, okay, Heather, well, wait a minute. What's the point here? I'm trying to follow and I'm not sure I do. Am I following this? Am I not? Okay. Let me explain. So, it's important that you know that your anxiety is based in fear. And that fear moves you to act when you're in the victim orientation. So, if you don't feel anxious, you lose your motivation to do anything about it. So, with a victim orientation, in a strange way, what do you need? What do you need in order to get the problem moving? Well, you need a problem, right? You need a problem. So let's start with the focus. A problem, right? Okay, so um, when your person becomes distant, what happened to your anxiety? Well, you definitely feel more anxious, right? Okay. And when your anxiety increases, what happens? Um, well, then your reactions increase, don't they? Yes, they do. So, okay, so if your reaction then um, is successful... Meaning what? Meaning what? Meaning it seems to have a positive impact on your problem, which is, remember, the anxiety. Okay? You're, all you're basically doing is you're not solving the problem. You're solving your anxiety. That's where I'm getting to. So the problem seems less intense if you do something to help it, right? Yeah. So, so when the problem seems less intense, what happens to your anxiety? Dun, da, da, da. It goes down and things don't seem so bad. 
And so when the anxiety lessens, the feelings that you've got to do something about the problem lessens, and you relax and you take a deep, deep breath and go, oh, okay, I'm feeling good. Oh, so your anxiety actually caused you to react to the problem. So when your anxiety goes away, so does your energy for taking action. I hope you are following this, okay? So then what happens? Well, your drive to take action against the problem lessons and really the problem is the relationship that's causing the anxiety that you keep reacting to and the only thing you're solving by using your reactions and whatever strategies you're using whether they're deactivating strategies or protest behaviors whatever um you know your codependent controlling the victim orientation all the bullshit guess what the problem's going to reemerge, and so is the anxiety. You're going to react to the anxiety again. You're going to calm the anxiety down. You're going to relax, and you're going to be in only a mild, low-level form of anxiety until the problem arises again, and the fucking game goes round and round and round. And guess what? The whole damn cycle restarts. It's deja vu. It is literally deja vu. <laughs> It is guaranteed, I promise you, I, I can guarantee you that as you continue to react to your anxiety instead of the real problem and to solve it, you will never leave victim orientation. So, because guess what? The problem is rarely ever solved in victim orientation. To really, to really eliminate the source of the problem takes long-term focus. And when you are living in victim orientation, in the anxiety, which by the way, the rescue and the victim and the persecutor are all living in the orientation because at some point each one of you feels victimized. Yes, we start out with a victim and a rescuer, but you, again, three roles, right? And you, and you interchange. So, you know, it's again, so, you know, basically, Every time things get better, meaning every time your anxiety dissipates and you stop reacting to it, the anxiety, and you've never really acted, reacted to the problem, it starts up all over again. So this reoccurring pattern can last, you think I'm kidding, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, especially if you were seeped in this pattern in childhood. And you were, depending upon how bad the programming was, how much, you know, how enmeshed were you, how, you know, uh, but I, it doesn't go away. So you're on a roller coaster. The problem just keeps showing up. The anxiety, it only goes down to a mild form of anxiety. I, you know, I, I don't know. Is it making you sad? You know, there's, because here's the thing, when you're in the strutted triangle, there's only three possible reactions. Fight, flee, or freeze. So the victim may lash out, fight back when faced with the persecutor. 
Well, when that happens, the victim becomes the persecutor, and the original persecutor now becomes the victim. Or the victim may flee to get away from the persecutor, striking out in search of a rescuer who will welcome the victim with open arms. Hello, baby. Come on in. Yeah. Let's go. Let's do it again. Yeah, I'm someone new, but I'm ready for you. Let's go. And there it is. Oh, why, Heather, why shouldn't I move from one relationship to the next without healing? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Hi, I just explained. And I'm so not even finished. I'm actually now thinking about this, going to have to do two more episodes on this. Okay, so now, or let's say, let's say um, that you are not fighting, okay? So you're not the fight back type. Okay, and you're not going to run into the arms of another or whatever. The narcissist always does, by the way. Always runs into the arms of another. Always. Might keep you on the hook and come back, but always does. So let's say you freeze. Okay, <gasps> the victim. The victim freezes. Well, the freeze reaction can, you know, what basically doesn't do anything. So the victim has to find a way to numb out the fear and the pain. So what, what can it be do? Well, guess what? Numbing out can be done in a number of ways. Drugs, alcohol, working too much, uh, zoning out in front of the television, um, anything that offers escape from the feelings. And these are all, guess what, reactions to the persecutor. So whenever the, either the victim has been persecuted by the rescuer or the rescuer has been turned into the persecutor, that's all this is, is you know, that's what the reaction is to. Because why the persecutor causes the anxiety. And so you're reacting to this anxiety. You just want to fix the anxiety, not fix the problem. Oh my God, it's so exhausting. So, you know, it, it's, it's when, you know, when, when it's happened to you so many times, you know, um, and, and you lose, you keep losing relationships um, and you start looking for a relationship right away to fill that em em emptiness, right? So the new relationship becomes your rescuer, saving you from the pain you felt when you were left alone or from when you left it. So the fear of abandonment just keeps going on. And you just keep going from one person to the other. You know, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you get clingy. Or you hold on too tightly or you so focus so intently on the relationship that, you know, people are feeling smothered, pressured. And meanwhile, then they're reacting by getting distant because you're finding the dismissive avoidance. And then it just is like, oh, my gosh. So as the person grows distant, guess what? The, an anxious, preoccupied or codependent sees them as the persecutor. They're the persecutor. Now they're the victim. So that's how the victim, that's how they turn into the victim. You know, you're basically sleepwalking through life, moving through the day, from day to day, firmly rooted in victim orientation. And you're constantly reacting to what you think are the problems, but never the real problem. You're reacting to the emotions. Oh, God, are you tired? Like, are you tired? You know? And the situation cannot get better if you just keep reacting in a fight, flight, or freeze mode. It just can't. The reacting that you're doing just keeps increasing the problems. 
and then life becomes a slippery slope and it worsens and your anxiety cre increases and as it increases you act out to reduce the anxiety and then the acting out which brings on the clinging the begging the shouting and frustration then that throws the fuel onto the fire and then what happens your own fearful reaction creates the exact result that you're trying so hard to avoid being abandoned then we go to the next relationship and we play out the same drama and all of it is counterproductive and so while you're sleepwalking through this, you're not realizing how your reactions contribute to your suffering. You just believe that pain exists and you can't fix it. And the only way that it's possible is through these stupid automatic reactions. I'm sorry I used the stu word stupid. It just like flew out. It's unfortunate that that's what it is, that we have these flight, fight, or freeze. And it just keeps going round and round and round. So, um... Yeah, tune in next time. I mean, I'm obviously I've got to finish this because we've got to move. I got to take you beyond the victim story, and I am going to finish this for you. And you know, um, you can't. This is a very difficult thing to heal. It is not easy. You got to heal your attachment style. You got to heal that part of you, the codependency, the attachment style, whatever it is, the insecure attachment style, because you it you won't function. Because if you do find the secure person, if you've been in victim orientation in the drama triangle for a long time, they won't be able to last. Um, how to unlock your attachment style going from surviving in relationships to th thriving. We start March 6th, early bird special, 50% off. Code is EB50. Um, uh, the link is in the notes section here. I love you. Get in that course. It's six, week, six weeks of healing and massive change. EB, 50. 50% off for the first 10 people. If you have any questions, all you've got to do is email me. If you're sick of the dreaded triangle, if you're sick of the attachment style issues, get in the course. Okay? Get in. There's, a, by the way, there's um, testimonials from people that have gone through the course. First time I ran it was in um, November. And this is the second time I'm running it. It will never be a do-it-yourself because I got to do group group calls and yeah. So anyways, have a great evening, a morning, a day, wherever you are. I love you. I care. Bye-bye. <laughs>